Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And we're back. Once again, Farm the Show. I'm Chris Dickerson, disabled list Hall of Famer, joined by the usual Paul Yanish, the man as deep as the ocean, lover of all checks, all things checks, Mex, and crossword. And finally, as promised, as promised, Mr. Johnny Gomes, the mic dropping, American flag wearing, heart attack and came back, attacked by a wolf, nearly killed a team with a fire extinguisher. The man, the myth, the legend is here. And we had planned out since we started the show, this was on our highlights of things to come with Farm to the Show. We did not expect you to get this early, but here you are in the flesh. Johnny Gomes, how are you? I'm doing great, Chris Dickerson. Uh, yeah, man, every once in a while you sit back when your resumes ran with that. And um, gosh, it was a pretty powerful run that we did. We did it together there for a little bit. Um, sitting back on the other side, big podcast stuff now. But uh, yeah, man, we, we give back, farm to the show. I like the title. Good stuff. For sure. Johnny. JG, <clears throat> Hey, Johnny, it kind of appeals to you. Remind me, you grew up on a farm. You ended up in the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can milk some cows and throw some hay around. Uh, yeah, I got, you know, I got cow crap on my boots and then more cleats in the stadium. So, yeah, and everything in between. That's what I'm talking about. Dick, Johnny, hit me with some, hit... What do you got, Paul? Nah, let's go. Let's jump into the baseball stuff, man. JG's a, a man of perspective. I, I can't wait to hear what we got. Johnny, you are indeed the the consummate teammate, like legendary status. I actually overheard, I didn't overhear it. I was having uh, a conversation with one of your former teammates uh, after my daughter's last softball game last week. And he was telling me a particular story about a run-in with the, with the infamous, um, oh man, what's his, uh, shoot, I forgot his name, in Tampa, the... Uh, the big guy who everybody was scared of. Um, Kyle Farnsworth? No, no, no. In the minor leagues. You guys had that rough crew going in down there in the Elijah minor Dukes. leagues for a while. Elijah Dukes, the standoff, the dominance of power. <laughs> he said that was the difference. What <laughs> Elijah Dukes, better known as the, the real life scenario of, of uh, Jamie Foxx's pit bull off a leash. Yeah. From what I understand. It was like, if anybody is there, there's a common thing with um, with a lot of what teammates and coaches have said about you is that you don't run away from the trouble, you run towards it. And there was a stand-up of power that basically regulated regulated the power struggle, but also you became like the, the guy in the clubhouse. And that has stuck with you literally ever since. From three World Series teams We've personally been enjoyed for 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 a number of years, Paul and I. What is what does that mean to you? What has that meant to you? And what is it? I, I I look at the stories and I can tell what it meant to baseball. What has it meant to you over the years? Yeah, I mean, um, it was something I guess I put a lot of effort into, and I was really accountable for it. Um, I come from a small family, so sports were you know kind of my extended family. Um, if I was to have like a family reunion, you know, there'd probably be like four people there. 
But if I was to get together on a ball team, I mean, I got 25 of my brothers. Uh, you know, a couple of the coaches kind of led into father figures. Um, yeah, man, I, I just really enjoyed uh, team sports. Uh, I was blessed and lucky to be around some of the best. And I always thought um, it was my job to give back what I learned. Um, and at the same time, I had some characteristics. Uh, I, ha I had, you know, a couple of things I wasn't scared of. And then I saw some people that didn't have those characteristics and might be scared. And I just figured I'd have to pull on, you know, a couple of people's ropes for them um, <laughs> to help them get in a right situation. And if I could take some stuff off other people's shoulders to get the best out of them, hence the fact being a team sport, um, I was willing to do whatever it took. Yeah, hey, that sticks out to me. So in the time when we were coming up, boys, like there was a lot of emphasis put on on posting, right? Showing up to play, and so like when you're when you're talking through some of that, Johnny, and I know we've been in some in some in some spots before, but the thing that sticks out is is whether you were in the lineup or not, the the frame of mind was correct, right? And so to your point, it was it was a contagious mindset. It was a contagious feel in a locker room, in a clubhouse, which we can all sympathize is a pretty big deal. So like what I would translate that into is give me your feel. Cause you, you did some cool stuff on some teams, won some world series. Like we talked about, I'm a big fan of what, what we're kind of talking about is like an it factor. Right. And in this day and age of analytics, you know, everything's an algorithm and a math problem, which look, I got nothing, I got no problem with, right. The game is, I would argue as good as it's ever been in a lot of ways. That being said, give me your perspective on on whatever we want to call that it factor team chemistry whatever the case is and and how much emphasis and how that's being valued at the big league level yeah well i always say you know it, it's easy to talk about old school and new school and the biggest separation for that would be data and numbers and as slow as our game can be at times and as easy as our game can seem but you know, data is now running our game. And sure. if, if it wasn't, it would go away, right? Like data is real. Numbers don't lie. Um, you know, oh, I'm an old school guy. I'm an old school guy. Well, that, well, that dude's not going to his car and putting in a tape deck, right? He's not putting in a cassette, right? The game has changed and you have to change with it. So I, I don't like to hear, you know, people talking about like, oh, that number is the number is the number. Well, I mean, I, I can tell you if I want you on my team or not by your numbers. Right. Right. And then we can start to change the mentality and we can start to build the culture and we can start set the goals. But the game of baseball, especially at the highest level of the major leagues, <clears throat> is results driven. It's a results driven industry. And when the results aren't there, when the numbers aren't there, you're not there. It's just as simple as that. Um, now, you know, I mean, you get into chemistry, you know, you, you have a three hour game and you're only up four times and you might be playing left, right, center, not get a ball the whole game. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of separated things of once you get to the big leagues, everyone's won somewhere, whether it was college, high school, whatever. It's just a, it's just a plethora of decorated athletes. Uh, so everyone knows how to win. That's simple. But what are you going to do today? What are you going to do tonight to not lose? That's as simple as running hard to first, breaking up two, uh, celebrate the eight to 11 pitch at bat because you just knocked the three quarters of an inning off the starter. Um, simplifying the game, bringing the chess match into the game is something that I really enjoyed. 
Uh, yeah. By the way, a fun fact, dude. Okay, so we played together for a couple years there in Cincy. You get you get traded over to Washington, and dude, like two weeks later, I'm playing shortstop. Ground ball to Brandon, flips the ball to me in a what I would describe as a changeup fashion. We got JG coming down the line and hot. You chop block me, and then yep. I came down. I came down. Pretty sure I broke a toe. I mean, I played the rest of the year. Don't get me wrong, but like just just to give everybody some perspective on where Johnny's at, because we're on the same team until we're not. Yep. <laughs> No, no hard feelings by any means. No, no. yeah, I, I, I definitely did. I definitely did go in hot. Um, that that was my mentality. Uh, was going in hot. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, and and that was my rep. I think if I didn't go in hot, you probably would have twirled on me and just been like, "You change, man. You change." So uh, <laughs> I, I, I did have one speed, and at times it got me in trouble, and at other times it got me more famous. So I'm okay with that. You got a lot more good than bad, bro. I can promise you. Yeah. Um. Hey. Hey. Changing topics. JG. Being from NorCal, right? Petaluma. If I mm-hmm. remember. If I remember correctly. Help me out. Yeah. With yeah. Sir. Pat- Petaluma. There. Petaluma, California. Seven oh seven area California. Seven one seven. Give me some feedback on on a on a kid growing up in NorCal and and what you got on the the Oakland A situation right now. <laughs> Man, it's ugly. It really is. Um, and they, they built that Coliseum to hold that fan base. And that fan base is a monster. Man. That's one of two organizations out of 30 that have won back-to-back-to-back world titles, right? They have the stolen base guy in Ricky Henderson. They got Eck. They got Carney Lansford. They got Gallego. They got Terry Steinbach. They got, you know, just goes on and on and on uh dave stewart the the history is so deep over there i went from you know that organization to the oldest organization in cincinnati uh to the youngest organization in tampa but man and then for oakland right they had the they had the raiders ripped away from them they had the warriors ripped away by going across the bridge and i think the a's fan base got bigger and bigger and then now this um i'll tell you what though buying land in vegas doesn't mean you're moving by any means uh i i think still i i still have hope uh from from eight to 15 i had oakland a's pajamas and i was fortunate enough to wear the uniform (laughs) i I think everyone does have to rally around man and, and keep that team there i really do i think it's good for baseball i think it's good for the giants to have more fans there i think it's good for the a's uh, you ripped that team out of there now you got one pro team basically representing all of norcal all the way up to eureka all the way down to fresno it's huge man um yeah because we can't again, count the giants results we can't count the industry. 49ers anymore we can't count the yeah. 49ers anymore that's 45 minutes outside of san francisco it's damn near you know in san jose and I know that the the Coliseum is, is special to you, but not just that, the community, because you dedicated a whole uh, section, I believe it was the yeah. 717, 717 section, whenever 707. you were in 707, whenever you were in town, you had your Little League kids up there. And I know that that's, that was a, a pretty, pretty pro thing to do. Yeah, man, I always stuck to my roots. Uh, my whole career, I wore 707 on my cleats, wore 707 on my glove. Um, I saw the impact that it had in the community. Uh, I was just a young kid coming out of California, and it, and it took a lot to get me there. 
how do you give back? What do you do this and that? Uh, you know, I, I, I wore it, you know, all my cleats and my glove, every single uh, game in the big leagues, whether it's on the bench or in the four hole or whatever. Um, yeah, California is having some rough patches right now, but uh, you know, it, it doesn't change the history by any means of that area. Johnny, I was um, I was coming back. I know you're you're involved in the home run derby X coming up, and the the will we'll be returning after the whole FTX collapse. But you've been involved in some pretty progressive things, and you know, talking about and there are three there are three examples of just where we're trying to get baseball back, and just a, a kind of marketing and getting back to you know gathering a new fan base and, and keeping the game interesting. And one of those is the City Connect jerseys. Um, the city connect Jersey that did come out in Boston was largely, was largely based around the incidents that you witnessed, you know, in, in 2013, where we were in town playing you guys in Boston, uh, I believe it was Sunday night baseball the next night or the next morning, um, in, uh, in Boston, uh, was the, uh, was the bombing of the, of the, uh, the finish line for the New York marathon. And I thought that was pretty crazy. I mean, it's no less than a hundred yards away from our team hotel and that, jerseys being consisted of these of of that like the essence and the theme of the city was really important so i just wanted to you know walk walk me through what that what the prevailing weeks were like uh after that because i know that was a trip for us you know leaving and me <laughs> forgetting a jacket because it's you know it's cold in boston i went down to the i believe it was a nordstrom rack to go to get a travel jacket or something because i was freezing my ass off and i walk right by that <laughs> very spot only to depart and then land back in Baltimore, get to the stadium and have that on, on TV. What was it, what was it like for you? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, it was a little bit cloudy in the beginning. Um, so Mike Napoli walks off on Patriots day, uh, where that game starts at, you know, 11 o'clock and it's a, it's a quick change, quick turnaround. We're getting, we got to get on the bus. You got 50,000 people running the marathon. Uh, it's a wild day in Boston, pretty cool. I was able to go back this year for a 10 year anniversary, but, um, yeah, there's a whole lot of unknown, right? There's a whole lot of unknown, a uh, little explosive goes on. There's another little explosive. We had a generator that went boom, boom. By the time we get on the bus, you know, with social media, uh, man, you just saw parts, pictures of parts like everywhere. And it was, uh, a really empowering moment driving to the airport to where we're driving to the airport, going to Cleveland. And on the other side of the highway is just police car, fire truck, ambulance, police car, fire truck, ambulance, military vehicles, everything going in, uh, being a member for the Red Sox, being a member for anyone in Boston, Titletown up there, uh, you're supposed to be the rock of the city. You're not supposed to run from everything. So that was a pretty sobering moment. Uh, and then what was next? Gosh, you know, no one knew. Um, but what we figured out real quick, man, is baseball doesn't stop, right? Baseball doesn't stop. And baseball heals. Sports heal. Uh, so we went and ran our four-game set in Cleveland, and then we came back. And to be honest, I didn't know how many people were going to be in the stands. Was it going to be unsafe? Did people not want to be in public? This and that. You know, hunkering down in your house. And, you know, man, Boston flexed their muscles real quick with that Boston strong mentality. Uh, all the first responders coming out. Uh, and man, it was like, you know, you, you don't have too many opportunities, too many light moments that you know is going to be in a history book, you know, for generations down the road. And that was definitely American history. And then fast forward to, um, we have a question on here, just who you've been impressed by, but you know, your time with Poppy, 
What's your what was your take? Because having a figure who's just so ingrained in 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 Boston sports now take control of the situation in the legendary manner that he did. Was that was that like the coming to moment for you? Just being up close, you know, with Poppy, like the lure and legend of Poppy up until that point. And I felt like that was it had peaked. The legend of Poppy peaked that day. Um, I, I'd say the legend for Poppy peaked right there for the impact that he can have outside of the lines. Right? I mean, this guy's taking Mariano Rivera deep. This dude's walking dudes off. This dude's clutch. This dude's it. This dude's blasting balls line to line. He's the most impactful hitter that I've watched with my own two eyes to where you can see a guy sitting like 92 to 93, a little four, Poppy gets up, and all of a sudden this dude's 97, 98, right? Poppy saw the dude's best every single time he stepped in. We joke around all the time. Some kid, you know, pitching, be like, hey, how was your game today? It's like, oh, it's great. I struck out Poppy, you know, two times. What'd you get the win? Like, no, I went two and a third. But, you know, punching that dude out, right, was just that, – that was the limelight. But, um, yeah, when he had that speech, um, I think it just showed the impact and the care that he had for Boston, for outside the lines, for the people uh, that were impacted, which is pretty much everybody. Uh, but, man, this dude was like, yeah, you know, don't F with our city and jump on my back and I'll take you to the promised land, and he sure did. That's yeah. Amazing. The, uh, yeah. All time, all, all time. Great moment there. Um, take us, uh, take us through what you got going on with the home run Derby X. Cause I was about to lead into a, another transition, uh, with uh, a certain, uh, airplane experience, but we're going to, I know that's something you're super excited about and it's just kind of another yeah. element. Uh, and Paul and I had this discussion, I think it was our first podcast and the effect of the world baseball classic and, and why we need to do, more things like the home run derby and get across the pond, get out into the rest of the world and get people, you know, get people attached to the the game of baseball in a fun and exciting way. Yeah, that, that's the basis behind home run derby X. Uh, so home run derby X is a different platform. Um, starting with what do the people want, Paul, they want homers, right? Mm -hmm. That's the easiest way to educate the youth on baseball is hitting homers. So that's going to be the basis of it. Um, it's three on three, four on four, depending on the format. Now the format's at like a, a 45 to 60 degree angle. So if you can imagine where shortstop and where second base is, those yep. are the foul lines. So you got to go homers to center. And then when you're not hitting, your team is on defense. So you catch a ball, right? That's also a point. So it's nonstop action uh, on that side. It's a little bit over the line. It's a little bit top golf. It's a little bit dodgeball. It's all put in, you know, one platform being the Home Run Derby X. Super stoked to be a part of it. Uh, Nick Swisher and I are actually driving the bus on it now with uh, MLB UK, MLB UK office. We took the show to London last year, Seoul, South Korea, and Mexico City. And it was a ball, man. It, it was a total ball. We did the Home Run Derby. We had concerts afterwards. We had fan engagement, blasting logos out. Uh, just getting more eyes on this great game of Major League Baseball. And at the same time, having the opportunity to meet and greet with the fans, give some lessons, do this. It's a super cool platform, and it's only going to grow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, it's, the, been, it's been the, – the, Well, sorry, Dickie, but, yeah, the game's global, right, JG? I mean, like, we're talking about <laughs> – obviously, Shohei's doing his deal. We've talked about him at length being, I mean, the best player on the planet, 
right? Like he's doing things that people can't do. But like going back to the World yeah. Baseball Classic, highlighting what you're talking about with that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's planting the seed as many places as you can, right? Like it's it, the, the game of baseball is is the platform, but it's so cool to have that opportunity. And I think I think in I don't know, call it eight to ten years, a lot of what Home Run Derby X is doing, and a lot of what the World Baseball Classic is creating and has created. I think we're going to see it given back to Major League Baseball with players coming from all over the all over the world. Yeah, man, hopefully we, we, we grab that story of the seven, eight, nine year old from London, from Seoul, from Mexico City that didn't have a glove, that didn't have a bat, that didn't have a ball, that picked it up and was like, man, that looked like so much fun. I want to hit homers. I want to join a team. I want to play this game. Um, Baseball is huge, man. I mean, just check out the WBC and the ratings and the good players and all that stuff. And Major League Baseball, which, you know, I, I love. And I think Major League Baseball is like year round the Olympics. It's every yeah. bit the Olympics, not yeah. the best Americans. It's not the best anyone. It's all these different cultures, all these different countries grooming together on one of the 30 teams, you know, chasing that world title. Um, and it can only get bigger, man. It, it really yeah. can. And at the end of the day, baseball's fun. It, it really is fun. It's a team sport. You got anywhere between 13 and, you know, college is going to hold 40 guys. Uh, great opportunity for friendships. Great opportunity for a lot of things that baseball can do. Hey, so you're telling me you can still run balls out of the yard. That's what you're telling me. I'm actually the champ. I think I can move this this way right here. That trophy. Yeah, that's the trophy. Got okay. that too. If you need a, hey, if you need a glove guy, I, I can still catch it. I'm, I'm not hitting him over the fence, but I'll catch him. Like I said, Paul, this is a results-driven industry. <laughs> if you perf- yeah, put up the numbers, you got a spot uh, on the squad. Yep, Johnny. I was I was recently coming back uh, two weeks ago. I had a flight back from London, and uh, it's a particular place. Getting out of there and going over the Nordic Poles. If you're not familiar with the flight back to the states, it can get very interesting at times. Um, and it was, you know, and this is a, you know, rather large aircraft, which you feel like if any type of type of turbulence, it would be undisturbed. This was not the particular case. And I'm going to tell you what, there are some people freaking out and, you know, as I would assume they might be. However, I was not because we, the three of us have had an experience where I, you know, you've come back from a heart attack. The three yeah. of us, we, this particular flight, I don't think we were going to make it back from this one. I just recently broke my hand, uh, my handmate bone in Houston, and we had a flight into St. Louis. <laughs> and this flight in particular was by far the worst. And because of this flight, nothing has ever compared. If you you shake the plane, it can be through any terminal. It's a cakewalk compared to what I, what I coming back from London. I'm going to tell you my half of the story from the front half of the plane. Meanwhile, I need to know what was going on with you in the back of the plane. And when I tell you that this flight was in the middle of a, I, I thought it was, we were flying through a tornado. It was, I mean, <laughs> Paul describes it as bump your head on the top of the aircraft type yeah. of turbulence. And I'll tell you in the front, we're, we're, some guys were getting ready to, you know, to go meet their maker upstairs. Meanwhile, the, the John, I got, I got, you got to walk me through what's going on, what's going on in your head in the back with uh, Arthur Rhodes. 
Well, you know, situations like that, you know, you need the alpha to stand up. And uh, I mean, really the only debate that I was having back there as uh, Arthur Rhodes and a couple others were uh, having some adult beverages to lighten the mood and create some team chemistry and just build our atmosphere and mentality. Um, I was just wondering if I had to get up and fly the damn thing. You know, I mean, like, like we were talking about earlier, we need a guy, I'm the guy. Um but yeah, it was, uh, it was a learning experience. I think it was uh, probably the infomercial of why you wear a seatbelt on an airplane. That's right. Um, yeah, and sure enough, as expected, we landed that pig and went and beat St. Louis's butt a few times. So yeah, now we can talk about it later. It was a, it was a good experience. The, the one thing I remember, JG, and we can, we can sympathize what happens in the back of the planes on those charter flights versus the front of the planes. But that being yeah. said, all I remember, and I don't remember what the, what the apparatus was, but you were... I'm just going to call it a long word because I know how you feel about long words. You had something that you put on the ground in the aisleway and you were damn near longboarding down, down the aisleway of the flight, almost to say like, Hey man, if it's time, then it's time. Yeah, so what that is, is uh, that's one of those little trays that if you ever have the opportunity to get one from the flight attendants where they, um, you know, hand you your goods with, now, if you catch it right, Paul, as the descent is heading down, if you get two of them on your feet, it just parlays right into our old skiing days. So as the plane is heading down and it's going to hit the brakes, it's really going to launch you forward. Now, the con to that idea is, which has happened to me in the past, is getting to about, uh, I'd say about row 12 and your knee hits the handle and you can really get to tumbling. So there's a lot on the line. There's a lot of fun on the line. Uh, there's a there's a good chance of the DL being on the line, but uh, you know that that that's the risk I was willing to take at the time. Um, never live scared. Never had the opportunity to ski through a tornado and make it. You can get on farm to show and tell a story about it. <laughs> and mind you, this was the second approach. He was skiing on the second approach. The first one where we had to pull up after we had after we had skipped the runway and we had to pull out was Johnny in the back going. He pushed out, he pushed out. And just meanwhile, <laughs> these guys, I mean, fully in the back, both feet on the seat. He pushed out. And this thing swerved off the runway. He hit full, full throttle back up into the sky to try to do it one more time. And, that, and that was when you, I, you I remember this was <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, that, but, that, that was my that, that was my inner uh, Peyton Manning, you know, calling call an Omaha, calling an audible. Yeah. I was uh, I, I was lined up for success and not being yeah. the captain of the plane. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to hook and try it again. Um, but, yeah, I think I was one for three that day, um, which is a good day in baseball. Not a good day for skiing through a tornado. But um, tell you what, it made for a great story, and I'm proud of it. But, well, yeah, well-deserved for sure because the other individuals up, up in the front, I know Paul – I think I sat behind Scott and then Scott and Scott, Joey, Brandon Phillips was behind me. And at one point I looked over at Scott and everybody's securing their belts with their phones out. And that's when I knew we were in real trouble when Scotty, Scotty Rowland, you know, the, the, the man, the grizzled veteran is pulling out his phone for the, just in case I got to make the last phone call type of deal. That's uh that was a new per that was a, definitely a new perspective for me. And I think that was like, that was the alarm. Like, Oh, are we really going to make this? But you know, meanwhile, I feel like if you got Johnny on the plane, you're better, better off than not. You're we're going to, we're going to make it out of some, 
Hey, yeah, that's worth, uh, that's a uh, Hall of Famer Scott Rowland right there. Yeah, Uber Pro. But hey, for what it's worth, Johnny, you're my barometer. As long as you were okay, I was okay. Yeah, man. I mean, I I I I don't know how many lives you get in real life, but I've checked off quite a few. I guess the rumor is nine. Um, so I still had a few to play with um, on, on that that evening flying into St. Louis. So I was I was cozy as can be. Um, hey, that real quick, a, let, yeah. let's 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 change subject a little bit. Let's let's flip over. Help me out, Johnny, with uh, with this phenomenon taking on the baseball world that is the Savannah Bananas. I know you had some interaction with them and and uh, have have participated. Help me out with what uh, what that looks like. Yeah, Paul, let me grab my Savannah banana hat real quick. Okay, there you yep. Just go right into that. Yep. Not everybody has one of those. No, nah, no. Nah. These guys are awesome, man. They really are. Uh, starting with the dude in the yellow suit, Jesse Cole, what he created. Um, baseball slow, baseball boring, blah, blah, blah. Not enough excitement. Here we go. This dude solved it. He, he solved it and was an ambassador in solving it. I mean, I, I could imagine the historians of the game of how much of a joke, you know, this sounded like and was, but yeah, the, these guys are selling out, uh, minor league ballparks. Uh, these guys could sell out major league ballparks in a heartbeat. No big deal. They're taking the show on the road. Um, Harlem Globetrotters of basketball is a quick comp and one basketball is a quick comp, but I don't think anyone's ever going to be like, nah, I don't like major league baseball. I only watch Savannah bananas, but man, if you look at it, like the NFL has an XFL, whether you watch or don't, I don't care. But there's just another outlet, right? There's just another outlet to the biggest platform being Major League Baseball. What can that be? Well, it turns out baseball is really hard to play. Um, <laughs> therefore, it's tough to do like antics and then put on a good show in baseball. But yeah, the, these guys totally figured it out. It's so fun. Um, and, and, and I love being a part of it. Uh, I think I was the first uh, position player to get in a bat for the bananas of an ex major leaguer. Um, fast forward from you know about five years, and they did, now they're playing Savannah Bananas versus MLB alumni, which yeah. you guys didn't jump on board. It's super fun, and it's a little quirky in the beginning and at the end. Um, so this is we've done two so far: one in Savannah, one in Tampa. We're gonna have another one in Savannah. I think it's September or August to where it was like grinding to get like 15 dudes. And now just a couple months later, there's a waiting list of yeah. ex major leaguers yeah. to play with, you know, against the Savannah Bananas. It's a great show. Uh, and I guess to start with about, you know, how Jesse runs this whole thing is it's fans first. Imagine going to a sporting event and it's fans first. That's as foreign as it gets. And they've absolutely nailed it. You want an autograph, you're getting it. You want a high five, you're getting it. And that's what these kids want, and that's what they get. That's cool. It's been fun to watch from afar, man. I I, I think you're right. I think the guy's nailing it. I think the presentation is, is on point. He's obviously not a complacent individual. I assume they're going to continue to to make it better and improve it, and, and that cult following continues to grow, man. It's fun. Yeah, man. I mean, they came out to uh, the hometown here in Scottsdale. They played at the Giants Stadium, and then they – we played over in Peoria, the Giant Stadium, 12,500 seats sold out within friggin' 20 minutes of it being for sale. So 12,500 seats taken with a 35,000 person wait list. I mean, that just tells me, like, if you're not on board, like, we, we don't have a lot in common because <laughs> these people are on board. 
That's right. Lawn just packed. There's not a, there's not a whole lot of better venues in in uh, in AZ spring training than a packed uh, Scottsdale Stadium with with not a a piece of open grass out there on the berm. That's 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 yeah, pretty, uh, yeah, that's pretty special. Let's get into some actual baseball talk because you were this is a, interesting because you know, there's a lot of talk around the Rays, but seeing the transition being there early and you were one of the first um, there with Joe Madden in that turnaround, um, part of that young crew that came up and kind of established itself kind of going into the, you know, the world series birth in two, I believe 2008 when, you know, the David price, the BJ Uptons, uh, you know, that young core, but you know, I don't feel like this is a fluke. You were there when the entire dynamic of the Rays organization changed and, you know, they, they've been competitive ever since. And Paul and I have talked about it. It starts with the scouting, the players that are routinely getting called up. You look across their minor league system. It's not a fluke. Like, they win at every level coming up. And I just think that they have the talent The talent now. They're, they could be competing to go back to another World Series. But, you know, people sleep on that small market. I know people hate playing at the Trop but they put the product on the field every, every year. So do you think, you know, looking at what they're doing this year, are they going to be the real deal? Yeah. I mean, if you look at it right now to be in a situation to where you can have like a 15 game slide and still be in playoff contention, <laughs> like turns out the start's pretty important. Um, you break down their lineup, you know, like where can they slump? Well, they got some athletic dudes, right? And speed's not going to slump. Uh, speed with power, there's your data right there, right? Uh, you look at their bullpen, lights out all the way down. Now, one of the hardest things to get in Major League Baseball is an opportunity. And once you get the opportunity, you know, how you take it and how you run with it. And I think, you know, Moneyball and Baseball is a pretty good movie, but th this is the movie, right? We're, we're watching the movie. Right. We're watching, you know, this payroll just blow everyone out of the water when, you know, they're, they're barely sniffing a hundred mil when there's, you know, guys on other teams, you grab three guys off the roster. It's going to be more than their whole team uh, and they're winning and they're crushing teams. Um, you got to give a lot of credit, you know, when you see things like this to outside of lines, starting with their manager, Kevin Cash uh, came under, you know, Tito. And he's just pushing all the right buttons. And in saying that, like how many buttons do you have to push when you have speed and power and velocity on the mound? Uh, they're going to have a guy probably start the all-star game back to back years. That's rare. That's good. Um, <laughs> and it just, and, and it doesn't stop there, you know, uh, there. So their market, right. So playing in that market, uh, would you rather go to the trop or would you rather be shirts off and board shorts watching it on the beach? Right. That's the jam right yep. there. Right. You can go over to St. Pete beach. You can go to Tampa beach and it's boom on the jumbotron right there. You got a drink with one of those little small umbrellas on it. Everyone in that area is locked in to Tampa. They just don't go to the game. And why yeah. would you go to the game? I got dolphins in the background of me when I'm watching, you know, <laughs> these guys crush other teams. Um, and if it was a beautiful stadium, I'm still on the beach, Paul. I'm still on the beach yeah. in flip-flops, board shorts, cheering my boys on. So it's going to be tough to get people in there. But I tell you what, um, once they get to the playoffs, they'll be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. Now that's the perspective I'm, I'm, I'm appreciating. And you're right, dude. They've got I, – I, they, 
Siri hit a homer last night. They've got eleven guys on the on the team with at least five home runs. That's a joke. They're 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 home. yeah, and then every every single one of those dudes is going to drop down a bunt at any given time too yeah, with the yeah. runner on third to bring them in. How do you guard them? You know, it's good they don't have to shift anymore for them. They would just be a shift beating team all day long. You can't shift them one through nine. Yeah, no, you can't. And on top of that, they'll the same guys you're going to have five got five to ten bombs already are the same guys that are going to double steal on you, take second and home at the same time. I think that's been the most impressive is just run the the base running the speed the power it's you don't there's no answer for for that right now you know one of the cool things i, I still watch a lot of baseball is watch how many pole side foul balls they have i mean you talk about the parties out front for yeah. that ball club i mean they're not hitting weak ground balls to the opposite field i mean they're just smashing balls out front, fair or foul, fair or foul, scoot them back, bunt, bring them in, fair, foul, fair, foul, scoot them back. <laughs> I mean, how about having, you know, the opportunity just to take the governor off you from the manager, the org, and the hitting coach? Be like, we're going to need you to get into the box and smash the ball. Okay, that's it. Smash. Yeah, shoulder scap, slide, scissors step, Top hand, this hand. With, no, no, no. I need you fair or foul on the pull side. Friggin' yeah, just in I'm, case. I'm just in case. Just in case. So uh, with that, you know, with the with the East, you're looking at the Yankees and Rays. What do you? We're we're having this discussion the other day. What do you think the best rivalry in baseball right now? Because looking at this Yankees series. This Yankees rate or um, Yankees J series this past weekend, things are it. You know, traditionally it's been pretty chippy up there, but it's kind of boiled over to new heights with 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 Booney out there chirping. You have the you know the look off the the judge look off because the boys are in the dugout chirping. You have the you know the cheating you know con- that mixed in with the cheating controversy, but those two John back and forth. I mean that's the AL East is where it's at. Like there's no there's no doubt about it, but particularly. These two teams going at it right now. Um, what do you got? The other, you know, the West Coast version would be the, the Padres and the Dodgers. But right now, I, I'm just looking at this J series, and this is nothing new. I mean, we've, we've done this, you know, in years past with Joey Batch chirping and, you know, looking at signs and peeking this and having lasers out there, you know, trying to give, you know, give signs as well. We got shit coming in from the outfield, from the top deck, bottles and cans being thrown. It's, it, it's wild in Toronto. What do you got? Well, I mean, I, I think you got to tip your hat to Toronto right out of the gate, man. I mean, to to have a rivalry, like, you have to be good, right? That That's where it starts. You need two teams that are good and have, have been good for the past couple years and are hot at the same time. And, and that's what we play for. That is it. That is to be able to get that October feel, you know, in May, in June. And those are teams that that shine to where when you are in October, it's it's not a foreign at bat, right? You got the crowd pumped, you got this, you got the chess match going in. Um, do you hate the guy on the mound? Probably not, but a little bit, you know. Sure. But a little bit, you know. As much as you want to put one in the dude's neck, you'd rather strike him out. Um, so you got two teams that are young, which is foreign in the AL East, right? When you're talking David Ortiz, when you're talking Manny, when you're talking Pettit you know, the big four with the Yankees and Bernie and Jeter, right? Like there's some young dudes right now, which is exciting. Um, 
AL East is a power league, man. You, you got to throw 95 and up, and you got to be able to wait on 95 offensively. And they got speed. They got power. The Sox are in it. Baltimore's back. I love that Baltimore's back. That place sold out freaking rocks, hey, man. Not a whole yeah. lot of places better than Friday night at, at Camden Yards. Yeah. Sold I mean, out. When, when it, the first couple of years I came up there, there's more dudes with bags on their head than there were not bags on their head. <laughs> and now they're selling that joint out, watching those young dudes play. Um Again, a nice little culture change, atmosphere change, mentality change. Um, it's uh, AL East is exciting. Yeah, you're going to have the team that's in fourth place. Book it right now. Fourth place is going to make the playoffs. That could happen. Yeah, I'm, yeah, for sure. I mean, they're still on this historic pace for the first, first division in 40 years to all finish over 500, which is, I mean, let's be yeah, honest. It's cool. it's I, mean, I mean, you look at it right now, like – it's probably the only – I think it's the only division in baseball where every single team in the division, if they don't make the playoffs, it's a failure season. Yep. Right? Think about that. You know, there's other – there's probably two teams in every other division where it's like, ah, we're just, you know, rebuilding, <laughs> rebuilding again for the 15th straight season. You know, you, yep. you, you – these, these guys are in it to win it top to bottom. And whoever doesn't make the playoffs is going to be one team – there's going to be some dudes freaking fired and yeah. it's a tough fire because the whole league is good. Production whole, league, Johnny. Production league. Production results driven. Yeah. So, Johnny, let us tell us uh, what do you got going on these days? Like outside, you got the, you got the home run derby X Savannah bananas. What, what else do you, I know your, 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 your hand is in a lot of different pots and staying around the game. What else have you been up to? Just won the championship at 12U Baseball with the Blueberry Bulldogs. Uh, that's another feather in my cap right there. No big deal. Uh, just another ring. Another yeah. ring for the collection. They just hand those out these days, which kind of yeah. sucks, but whatever. Um, yeah, that, that was a really cool team. Uh, coaching, my, uh, coaching my son, that's fun. 12U Baseball is kind of exciting. Um, I'm in the data world, believe it or not, just a dumb baseball guy in the data world, ball tracking. Uh, with Yacker Tech, uh, similar to like Hawkeye in the big leagues, like when you're watching StatCast, um, we take it downstream in a college, junior college, uh, high school. And to me, that, that, that's every player's report card these days. You know, not only is it every kid's report card, but it's the easiest way for that kid in North Dakota that throws 94, but his spin is 2,800. What does that mean? Well, you don't have to know what it means. Everyone else knows what it means, right? <laughs> It's that kid that hits a ball 470, you know, up in Portland in the rain when no one was there, right? No one saw it. Well, now we can see it with, uh, you know, ball tracking and that being the Yakutech system, uh, you know, parlayed with baseball cloud, which is basically like any team sabermetric department all the way downstream. You don't have to be in the big leagues, have sabermetric department. Um, when you talk about numbers, that's player development and that's winning. No doubt. The, the baseball crowd's doing? cool with, with you. I know you and KD have, are, have, uh, have connected on that. And that product is a cool product, man. And you're right. It, it, it brings a, a higher floor, so to speak, of what people have access to, even if you're not in Fenway Park, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this day and age, you know, um, I love the player development for it. And now, like in college, Paul, you know this best, there's a thing called a transfer portal. So you don't have time to groom these dudes. Like you got to win tonight and you got to win this year. So 
there's a time and a place that you have to develop players. But if I'm looking at this pitcher and every time he throws a changeup, the slug is 800. Right. And every time, you know, he throws a fastball in the outer half, it's a ball. How about just those two tools right there? Can totally overhaul a pitcher for tonight? Yep. And then the offensive side, let's hunt that changeup, right? That's data. That is weaponizing yourself and performance enhancing. And it's probably the only thing in baseball right now that can be instant gratification. You got a dude that steps out to the mound right now and he throws 46% balls. Well, guess what, man? Just take. Just take. You're going <laughs> to find yourself on first base. He's going to throw four balls before he throws three strikes. There's a lot of those. Um, so it's really cool educating guys on the numbers. Um, at the same time, it's, you know, who touches the dish more than the other team's going to win, but let's, uh, let's give ourselves as many tools as we can to do that. JG real quick, while we're talking about data, while we're talking about results, one, you got one of my favorite analytical driven quotes. I don't know if you remember this or not. You were a big fan of worrying about the stats that go up, not real worried about the ones yep. that go up and down. And I think that there's some. Yeah. Uh, I know we're joking about analytics and whatnot, but there's, there's some pretty profound in that in that statement with regards to hey, it's about scoring runs. And that you know we're talking about the Rays, we're talking about some of those other teams, and I think that statement actually carries some weight regardless of the time frame in which you're playing. You know. Yeah, I think there's you know there, there's actually quite a few departments that are going to break down numbers, but the one thing that you really have to do is stay within your arena, right? You're a player. And you're going to drive yourself nuts looking at your OPS and looking at your batting average and your on base. And, you know, any stat with a dot in front of it is an average, right? Which means it's going to go up and it's going to go down. And you're probably going to watch it a lot more when it's going down. But if you can just worry about the numbers that only go up as a player in the player arena, that's going to help you with, uh, with some sleepless nights. And let's just get some hits, Let's score some runs. Let's get some RBIs. Let's hit the ball over the fence to change the score, to get a run score, to get RBIs all in one swing. So, I, yeah, I was always a big advocate of just worrying about numbers that go up, not numbers that go up and down. Put it down. It make it a quote. Print it out. I'm gonna put make it up. It, uh, make yeah, get some tape. Yeah, it could be a go. T-shirt, a bumper sticker, whatever you want. You guys can have it. Get some scotch tape, put it up above the door like uh, the Believe sign in Ted Lasso. Do whatever you got to yep. do. <clears throat> Johnny Gomes, thank you so much for coming on with us today, buddy. It's always uh, it's always a pleasure to see you and to hear your stories. You're no, no doubt one of the gems of baseball. And um, yeah, man. Well, we'd love to have you back on the show yeah, anytime hey, you get a chance. Sure. We're always – we He's not done, Dickie. Hey, we're going to have some sh some stuff that's going to happen during the season this year that we're going to need some some perspective on. JG will be back. I'll be back, man. I tell you what, talking ball and being around a campfire is pretty cool. A campfire is tough in this situation. But, um, you know, I, I, I love talking ball, and I find myself the more ball I talk, you know, it kind of sharpens that baseball IQ, which uh, you always got to have. Um, yeah. And like you said, Paul too, man, our game's exciting right now. It, it really is. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to stay up on. Yep. There's a, a lot of breakdowns, man. A lot of breakdowns. I, that's what I love about major league baseball. That big step between AAA and the big leagues is that chess match, um, the scouting reports, the who's hot, the who's not the adjustments during a bat, during a series, during a game, passing the torch, you name it, all these things, um, which helps our game go. 
and uh, have some fun with the freaking bananas and the home run derby and expanding the game. That's what I'm about, man. The real world, you can have that thing. I'm, I'm a baseball rat. Good problem to have, JG. Yeah, buddy. All right, we're going to sign off. This is Mr. Johnny Gomes, Paul Yanish, and Chris Dickerson. And you know what the scenario is. Go drop us a like, subscribe. We shall see you on the flip side. JG, toodles. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.